we're not a protein bar company. I think this is a protein bar made for your brand. This is our first product, but we've self-funded this whole thing. It's just us. And we wanted to start small and continuously grow. But our goal is in the next three to five to 10 years to have multiple different products and to really follow the consumer data of what's growing in the CPG category to really meet customers where they are and to start to get them to think about their body health, but then their brain health as well. So how do we do that? Can we do that through our protein bars? Can we do that through hydration powders? Can we do that through other supplements or greens or what other ways can we can we meet the customers where they are? And that's really gonna be our goal when it comes to the business. That's how success happens. From Entrepreneur Magazine, my name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry. And I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high-achieving people. So on this podcast, we're going to learn what they've learned and what it takes to really succeed. The mother-son duo of Maria Shriver and Patrick Schwarzenegger are the co-founders of Mosh. Mosh is a new and revolutionary company that focuses on food products that improve brain health. It's a business Patrick came up with and approached his mom about getting involved with since brain health has always been on the top of Maria's mind. See, we all know Maria as an Emmy and Peabody award-winning journalist, a seven-time New York Times best-selling author, but she is also the founder of the Women's Alzheimer's Movement, a trailblazer for empowering women. Shriver uses her voice and her platforms to advance some of our nation's most pressing issues affecting women and women's health. In 2010, she broke new ground when in partnership with the Alzheimer's Association, the Shriver Report, a women's nation takes on Alzheimer's, reported for the first time ever that women are at an increased risk for the disease. As a successful entrepreneur, Patrick has been known for his trend-spotting abilities in the better-for-you food and beverage industry. He's an active investor and advisor to numerous brands in the CPG space, including the exploding fast casual Blaze Pizza, the fast-growing coffee company Super Coffee, and the recently Unilever-acquired Liquid IV. With Patrick's history and the idea for Mosh, he knew doing it together with his mom was just the perfect way to make it happen. So today, alongside his mother, they are turning Mosh into the brain health brand that might just change the world. Our conversation is coming up after the break. Success doesn't happen by accident, and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes coordinated, concerted efforts by you and your team, tightly connected at each step of the journey, even if they're physically apart. In this evolving age of work, productivity and mobility go hand in hand. And remote and hybrid workers need a truly mobile PC. With the Galaxy Book lineup, Samsung set out to make a PC that's more like a smartphone. Thin, light, and powerful. Invest in your workforce. Invest in your future. Upgrade to Galaxy Book, the PC that helps modern businesses go further. Explore the whole range at samsung.com slash galaxy book for work. We're back. I had a chance recently to sit down together with both Maria and Patrick, and we discussed Mosh and how it all came together. 
Mosh happened because I've been involved in Alzheimer's research, Alzheimer's prevention, Alzheimer's education for the last two decades. My dad got Alzheimer's in 2003. He was the smartest human I had ever met. He passed away in 2011. So I've been on this beat, on this train, trying to understand this disease. And we've learned in the last several years that kind of what we eat, how we sleep, how we exercise, all of these things put us in the driver's seat when it comes to our brain health. And I've also always been a huge protein bar fanatic. And there was no protein bar out there that uh, didn't give me a headache, didn't make me feel bloated, wasn't really high in calories, didn't kind of taste horrible. And Patrick saw me kind of running around with all these supplements and all these brain bars. And I mean, these protein bars, and he'd say, you know that what you're eating is all sugar, what you're eating is 300 calories, what you're eating is crap, you know, and he's like, why don't you make your own with all the stuff that you're taking? And why don't you do something like that you would like that doesn't give you a headache, that isn't really high in sugar, and put your money where your mouth is and invest in yourself. And voila. Voila. But I think it was my background is in CPG, food and bed, better for you, health and wellness. And I think it was pretty amazing for me to kind of watch when my mom would go to do all these different speeches and talks and conferences and stuff and talk about brain health and tell consumers you're in the driver's seat. There are things you can do today that will impact your brain health tomorrow. Majority of them would come up and say, okay, well then what should I do? What things can I eat? What things? And Maria's worked with, my mom's worked with tons of different doctors. So she was able to tell that. But then that's kind of when I, I went to her and said, look, let me help you create something that you're proud of and that that follows a brain healthy lifestyle that does not have sugar that is low in in carbs that is uh good healthy fats and and bring it out to the market and, and you know let's not only be a business but let's do something that's good for the world let's raise money let's educate consumers about brain health and do things that are both you know good for business but also good for women's alzheimer's movement so that's what we did it wasn't easy during covid and uh with the supply chain and with manufacturing and all that kind of stuff. But it was a really fun experience. I know you mentioned you have teenage daughters and you couldn't imagine working with them like that. But <laughs> for us, you know, I moved back home with my mom during COVID. The beginning of COVID, I went back to her house. And it was the first time we'd been together uh, in the same household since high school. And it was just kind of like the worst, but perfect timing to really work on this because we were together every day and we could mix different ingredients and try different ideas. And, and, um, it took 18, 19 months of, of tweaking this formula to, to get it you know, to where we are today and really happy with. And we'll continue to develop and change and tweak based on customers' feedback. But it's been a fun, wild ride. But I think what you're saying is also, you know, like I've been a journalist. Kind of, I grew up in a political family. I went into journalism. I ended up first lady in California. So it, I then came back to my journalism. I've written books. And I would go out to these events, like Patrick was saying, and people are like, okay, I've seen your documentaries. I've seen the films. I've read your books. And stuff. Give me something to eat. And I'm like, to eat? I'm like, I don't have that. And uh, kind of Paul Newman was always a bit of a model and a hero to me. And Patrick, with his success in that space, He's like, you can do that. You can create something for people to eat. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. And then I'm like, too old to do that. And he's like, no, you're not. You know more about this than anybody. You've spent 20 years kind of in the nonprofit, in the political, in the journalism space. I know how to make this a reality. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll try. That's what I wanted to ask Maria is really yeah. when 
Patrick comes to you and Patrick's obviously been involved in the wellness industry. He's been on the business side of things. He comes to you and says, let's start this business. What was your first thought? Well, my first thought was actually, finally, somebody believes in me, actually, to start a business. That was actually my first thought. And then my second thought was, I can't do that. My first thought was like, I'm too old. I don't know what I'm doing. I already have, you know, I do books. I do newsletters. I work at NBC. I do all these other things. Well, how will I do that? I don't know who's the co-packer. I don't even know the language. And the first couple of meetings I went to, I didn't even know what anybody was talking about. They're like, who's your co-packer? I'm like, co-packer. I'm like, what? And who's your, who's your bar manufacturer? What's your 3PL? And I'm like, wait, what, what, what are we talking about? Who are we? I was just like, I didn't know. And it was really a funny question because I'm used to being in the room and the meetings where I know quite a bit. And I was now in all the meetings And I knew the least because we were in a business. I didn't know who the people were and they were all talking in acronyms that I had never heard of. And they, as I said, were talking about things I had never, you know, the perforated boxes and this. And I was just like, whoa, but I've learned a lot. I've also really clear about what I do well and what I don't know. And I think throughout my life, I've really worked well with small, smart, scrappy teams. And Patrick, really built a really smart, strategic, scrappy team. And he built it really off of context that you've developed over the last many years, meeting all these people. He's like, I know a guy over here. I know a guy over here. I know. I'm like, I have a guy in Transylvania. And he's going to know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's on Instagram. And he, was, he has a guy in Transylvania who's doing the bar upside down and right side up. So I've, um, it's been great for me to meet a whole different kind of a person than I've met in the, the political space or the journalism space. You meet people, all kinds of people, right? From all walks of life. But I've never met so many young entrepreneurs and been in the room with them. And Patrick, how for you, you tell your mom, this is, you got to do this. You got to go for it. Not only do you tell her, you actually jump in it with her. And I assume you You've been away. You get back into it, this with her. It's it's pandemic time. What were those initial weeks like working together? Oh well, we <laughs> we got our first sample. I wish I can I can probably pull up a photo or send it to you because we 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 were looking at it yesterday. We had our first samples in January, end of January, twenty twenty. So that that January and February was way different than when COVID actually hit and it became March, April, May, et cetera. So the relationship never changed because we, you know, we love each other. But the business side of it, I think both of us were were frustrated and flustered of how long things took. And uh, those initial weeks during COVID when the supply chain just completely went out of whack. I mean, as much as I had gotten to learn from other entrepreneurs and be involved in businesses for the last decade of my life, it was nothing could prepare you for what, what came last March. And even still today, I mean, you know, we're just, I had early morning calls in this weekend with our, with, uh, you know, the people at the kitchen and our manufacturing of dealing with the wrappers that usually took one or two weeks are now taking 12 weeks, the, getting the almonds and the peanuts and, and different things like that. And, and uh, you know, cutting purchase orders that usually would be two to four weeks are now at least 12 weeks. So Things are just, there's nothing that we could have done to really prepare for it. But 
it definitely was a learning experience and continues to be so for me and for for us. But the other thing, when you, to answer your question, because he did say to me, you've got to focus, you've got to drop doing so many things that you're doing. <laughs> and uh, at the time, you know, so I work at NBC and I have a newsletter called the Sunday paper and I run the women's Alzheimer's movement. And I was doing a big task force for Governor Newsom on Alzheimer's and how California could lead the nation and how it should prepare. And he kept saying to me, you're going to have to drop something. You're going to have to focus over here. Come over here. We're having these meetings. These meetings are what are important. You can't go over there into your other. And you've got to tell my sisters that you can't go over there and babysit. You know, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I handed in my task force to the governor. And then he's like, okay, now this can be the only thing you're doing. I said, what well, can't be the only thing I'm doing. And so that's been, we've been kind of going back and forth a little bit like that. Well, I love that because just being an entrepreneur myself and, and a few different times and, and to Patrick's point, your point, Patrick, it's like, if you're not fully focused on this business and growing it, I've never seen, it's, it's like your baby, right? Everyone talks about that. It just sounds yeah. like Patrick really knows that and talk to you about that, Maria. And it really sounds like it's incredible, but you got, you personally are really like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. And he's right. And I also kind of, as I said to him, my journalism and my work in this Alzheimer's space, we started the first prevention center of its kind in the nation for women at the Cleveland Clinic in Vegas. That helps fuel this company as well. So he's, it's because when you I do a partnership with anybody. It's really important. I have found over my lifetime to know what you do well and what you don't and what you bring to the table. So I'm bringing a certain thing that's completely different than what he's bringing. And so we've had to kind of figure that out. And he does a lot more of the day-to-day and the business end of it. I'm meeting doctors all the time. I'm trying to build these clinics for Alzheimer's prevention. I'm trying to fund research. And if we're successful with MOSH, as I was saying to him, I can only go and speak at so many luncheons and dinners and stuff to raise money. If this company does what we hope, you know, it's a long-term vision, but it'll kind of get me off the chicken circuit, you know, and it'll be able to fund um, the research that I always talk about. And most important, I think it will be able to educate consumers in a fun, inviting way that perhaps my nonprofit work has not been able to do because I use the word Alzheimer's in that work. Yeah. And I I just think in terms, you know, it's very interesting concept because you are, Mosh is a, a mission driven company, right? And I've seen more and more of, of these types of businesses. And I love how Maria, you're marrying all that work you've done, that personal history and, and the research, and you're marrying that with a business. And, and do you think more and more people who are really involved in, in the nonprofit world, are going to take this model where you can build a a for-profit business around something that you're passionate about? I think so. I think they'll look to see as a lot of people said to me, wow, that's really interesting. I want to watch that. I want to model that because it's tough in the nonprofit space. You know, it's really tough to raise money, particularly it's tough post COVID. And there's so many great organizations uh, looking for money. There's so many great organizations raising money. I saw the first civilian, um, 
space capsule landed and Elon Musk gave $40 million to childhood cancer research, right? So, but I think there's so, we've got to be so creative when you want to raise money today. And so I think that there's so many people who want to work for a mission-driven company. And I think marrying that with a nonprofit helps both. And I think it's the creative way it's going to have to be the future. More from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsors. If you sell your time as a freelancer, Square is here to help make your work-life balance better. Whether you're a lawyer, consultant, accountant, photographer, designer, or another type of professional, Square's suite of tools all work together and make it easy to stay organized without having to work at staying organized. Some of the things you can do with Square include sending out custom estimates to help bring in more clients, accepting any type of payment customers want to use wherever they want to pay, taking payments in person over the phone, through your computer, through your email, or even text. And you will get the analytics from real-time reports that show you what's working best. Square software is all built to work together so you can spend less time on paperwork and more on your actual work. Square works so well because it takes care of business so you can take care of your clients. Learn more at square.com. And our next sponsor. An entrepreneur doesn't work regular hours. When starting a company, one must be prepared to be working day and night. Sometimes 24 hours is not even enough time to accomplish the task you'd like done. But what if you could get some of that time back? With Belay, you can. Belay is the organization revolutionizing productivity with its virtual assistant, bookkeeping and social media strategist services for growing organizations. Belay can help you reclaim 15 hours every week by delegating just five tasks. Think of five tasks you could delegate today. Maybe emails, scheduling, booking travel, planning meetings, expense reporting. You can get a free download of their CEO's latest book on how to delegate like a pro. Rise up and lead well. How leveraging an assistant will change your life and maximize your time. Just go to belaysolutions.com slash HSH. That's B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com slash HSH to get it. And we're back. Tell me about Mosh, the business, the bar, and why you think that this is going to be kind of the new way that people are going to look at eating, let's say, protein bars or, or bars for their health? Well, I think first off, we always like to say that we're not a protein bar company. I think this is a protein bar made for your brand. This is our first product, but we've self-funded this whole thing. It's just us. And we want it to start small and continuously grow. But our goal is in the next three to five to, to 10 years to have uh, multiple different products and to really follow the consumer data of what's growing in the CPG category to really meet customers where they are and to start to get them to think about their body health, but then their brain health as well. So how do we do that? Can we do that through our protein bars? Can we do that through hydration powders? Can we do that through other supplements or greens or what other ways can we can we meet the customers uh, where they are? And that's really going to be our, our goal when it comes to the business side. You know, I think with this cognitive health, cognitive decline, brain health was 
number three or number four fastest growing uh, CPG category in 2021 and 2020 based on the data that we have. And keto is number three. And and so then our next products we want to hit are, are number one and two. So something in the hydration category or in the functional beverage, uh, coffee alternatives. So that's how we're kind of looking at it from a business side, but it really has to be true to, to you, right? Yeah, this, but this... I think it's what Patrick is saying is also we have, you know, you have boomers, the boomer generation that changed everything. They ch- changed, and I'm in the boomer generation. They changed sex. They changed politics. They changed culture, right? 10,000 boomers turn 65 every single day. They want to age in a different way than their parents' generation, right? So we're talking longevity. People want to be like, they want to grow old with their health, their cognitive health, and their physical health. That's a revolution that's going on. People are saying the new 65, people aren't retiring. They're starting new companies. They're, you know, they're doing all kinds of things that their parents never thought of. So this is a, I think, a culture shifting company too, because people want to go, what's out there that I can do today that's going to make it so that I'm 70, that I'm 75, and I know my grandkids' names, that I can lift them up, that I can exercise. And when I started in the Alzheimer's space, nobody was talking about lifestyle. Nobody was talking about food, about exercise, about sleep. We know so much in the last four or five years, that space has changed dramatically. And you see all of these doctors, you see them on Instagram, you see them talking about keto, talking about sleep, talking about how the brain gets rid of toxins while you sleep, meditation. This is an exploding space. So I'm really interested in longevity. I'm interested in, you know, how do I make so that my kids aren't responsible for taking care of me? I want to be my best version of myself cognitively and physically. So that impacts what I eat today. That impacts how I spend my day. Do I stay curious? Do I stay working? Do I sleep well? Do I exercise? What am I eating? This whole space of nutrition and the brain is a brand new area that we hope to ride. I think as people have lived longer and we all learned exercise, right? In the last 20, 25 years. And to me, it's really interesting because you'll get people who might be physically healthy. And I've seen it in my, my own mother who I just visited this weekend, who's 89 and she's forgetting my kids' names. She's forget like And it's amazing because physically she's strong. I mean, she had COVID, she got over COVID. And to me, what's revolutionary about what Mosh is doing, it's really taking it, like you said, culture changing to the next level where you're you're focusing on on the mind instead of everyone before, where it was just like, I want to look good up until, you know, whatever it is. So it's um, one of the things that I always crack up about in in one of our brainstorming sessions, maybe a year ago or something, you know, Maria said to to the team, I want to get you guys thinking about your brain as much as you're thinking about your buys, your tries, your thighs. And I always thought that really stuck with me because just like you said, so many people focus on the outside, on the physical appearance. And what we really want to do is get them to continuously thinking about that. But now how can they think about the internal side as well in the brain? So interesting you say that because this one doctor that I was working with several years ago, he said, you know, I have a waiting room, a waiting room of incredibly fit looking 70 year olds with no minds. And I was like, wow, he goes, you know, they're in shape. They're only focused on that. And, you know, as I said to Patrick, what I know today, I wish I knew 
when mm-hmm. he when I was that age. We know so much more today. And so I'm kind of at the, you know, kind of uh, back end of this in a way, you know, but what I really want to encourage people who I call the caregivers on deck, people who are in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, particularly women who are perimenopausal or menopausal, your brain health is in your hands. And you've got to educate yourself because you're going to have to educate your doctor, uh, particularly women, because of that perimenopausal, menopausal time. But young people, you know, what are you eating? What are you drinking? What are you putting in your body? We hear now this conversation about my body, my choice with COVID. But that can extend. It started with women and, and choice. Right now, it's gone into the COVID vaccine. But it comes to what you're eating. Who are you, your body? Who are you in partnership with? What are you doing? What are you eating? They somebody I saw this great thing a couple of years ago that said the most important thing you put in your mouth is your fork, right? What's on it? Because and we know now kids learn differently based on what they eat, and people learn and remember differently based on what they eat. Yeah, it's so apparent. It's amazing to think that a lot of this research and data, like you said, only came about in in the last five or so years. And to me, it just makes so much sense. And to philosophers from thousands of years ago, what you're going to put in your body is really going to affect so much more than what meets the eye. And for Mosh itself, and Patrick, you kind of alluded to this, you're looking at this as a much bigger company than than the bars that you guys have started with. What's your timetable? Where are you right now with your first products? And when do you foresee really being able to expand? Well, we've because of the conditions in the supply chain, like we talked about, we've already started on our next product lines because knowing how long things can take and will take and different flavors of our bars already. So we're kind of jumping ahead of that because uh, anticipating how long things will end up taking, but we really want to create this thing that we were just calling the mosh pit, which is going to be our, a group of brain warriors that are our customers that are really going to help us make decisions of, of tweaks and things that we, we want to do, or that they want to see to our products and future product lines and, and really use the customers and sending them different R and D samples and, and working with them to create future products. You know, we really have to be data-driven of what are people looking for. And that's kind of what we did with this whole process. I mean, there's a reason it took 18 months to get this product right. And Maria can tell you this story, but we had a product that we almost launched a year ago. Yeah. And it had, what was it? Seven grams of sugar, seven or eight grams of sugar. It had dates in it. And the last minute we, we pulled it which was frustrating and, and uh, added a lot more time. But it was something that when we went to the consumers with, they all said, you know, I just really, I really liked the taste but I really wish that this didn't have added sugar. I really wish that this was low in sugar and that corresponds mostly with brain health. And we went back to the drawing boards and removed all the dates and, and uh, went back and people said, you know, we also, we also want this ingredient out and we didn't, we, you know, stevia is kind of on the downfall. We don't want stevia and we don't think that erythritol is good. So we just really were learning and, and taking customers feedback and, and our kind of our, our, our mosh pit of hundred plus people that we had at the time and uh, just continuously learning from them and seeing what things they like and don't like. We wanted to be, and I always look at this kind of to be ambitiously small to be scrappy, to be strategic, to be smart, to try to learn kind of as we go along, you know, in politics, they always say the voter is 
king or queen, you know, and here the customer and the consumer is that. And so we will be learning a lot more actually in this entire, what I call mind style space, people, what they're eating, what's working for them, what they want. And I think to build a company, as I said, that really educates and also produces products that are delicious because people are saying, look at, you know, you can go and create a bar that's got this, this, and this, it's all great, but no one wants to eat it. <laughs> that was a big balance as well is, yeah. is, and look, there's still ways we have to work on that right in the future, but it's balancing that act of adding these different herbs and functional mushrooms and vitamins and, and not having sugar, you know, it's a balancing act. How can you make this still taste good enough that they come back? but it's also extremely nutritious. So that was a, a really tough thing as well. And the science of food and ingredients continues to develop and change. And first off, I love the, as you talked about the mosh pit, that's genius marketing right there. That, <laughs> that is, I love that. And uh, just the idea. Yeah, of finally it. in the mosh pit at my age. <laughs> I'm finally in the mosh pit. <laughs> it feels yeah. good, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Now I understand what everybody's been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it is a, a great concept. And I, and I love how you said you took a whole year to do something, but you realized it wasn't authentic. It wasn't part of the there are so many entrepreneurs who'd go through that time and be like, well, we're going to do this anyway. And I just, I commend you for that. And, and you said the grittiness of, of building a business, which is just, it's so important as an entrepreneur and the way you are approaching it, self-funding this. And I'm curious, was there ever a time maybe early on or, or now where you both maybe were like, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Did that ever come about? Yes. Yes. I was like, this is expensive. <laughs> Why don't I make t-shirts or jewelry? You know, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Right? I think there's always, look, I think fear is inside of everyone, right? You always have the fear of failure, fear. What is, what, what are people going to think? Fear of what if people don't like it? It's something kind of within all of us, right? And that's something that we always try to deal with day in and day out of how do we squash that fear? How do we change it? And, and instead of be worried about what someone else is going to think, be excited about how you know we're going to love it or something. But I think we have to go back to the roots of why we started this. And that's because there was nothing out there that you were looking for yeah. and you went ahead and created it. And that's the entrepreneurial gold mine, right? If there's something that you're craving and looking for, or you know that other people are, and it's not out there, then you go and you can create it because there's an audience looking for that that's not there. And I think that's what we did. I mean, is it going to be hundreds of millions of people that are looking for it? No, but is there this rise and, and continuous excitement about brain health and cognitive health and tropics and, and low sugar diets and, and stuff like that? Yes. So is the bar going to be the MVP in a few years? We'll have to find out, but we want to continuously find ways to, to reach the audience and get them to think about brain and body health. And I do think that that is a massive exploding category. So I'm excited to see where we go. But yes, there's always fear that what are people going to think? Yeah, I, I actually, I have to say it wasn't so much fear because I always say to Patrick, you know, I'm so much older and there's been everything I've ever done. There's fear. So this was more complicated than I, because there were so many people you're depending on, you know, when you write a book, it's you, 
or you're you know doing a news story, you're the reporter. This, they're co-packers and they're three PM. There's so many people that have to play a role. And you think you have the recipe down and it comes back and all of a sudden it tastes terrible. And you're like, oh my God. So that was what kind of I felt like, oh gosh, there's there's so many people that have to be involved in getting this right. And I wasn't really used to that. But I think what I'm not afraid of failing at all. And I have a vision when I close my eyes and I think 10 years down the road, I see what this can be. And I understand that that's going to be incremental. But I think to myself, wow, this could be what I see in my mind. Like, let's go. I totally agree. I mean, just being with my, you know, ear to the ground and seeing a lot of businesses and Patrick, you said it, the wellness category is exploding. I've seen so much. I, I interview a lot of people who are, are building businesses in that category. I love the idea behind kind of this food that's good for you, for your brain, right? For, for the most important part element of your body. And I do believe that there's so much runway to grow this business. And, and I think you're doing it exceptionally well, the right way. Just it really seems like you both have a genuine, like, like, not, I mean, I know your mother, you know, son, but like, it really seems like you have a, a symbiotic, like way with each other. And I mean, is it always like this? So you guys definitely seem like you work yeah. well together. Yeah. I think yeah. people are always kind of surprised. And I think it definitely took my girlfriend some time to get used to, but we're so close. I mean, we do, everything together and our family's extremely close and we all hang out with each other. And, and this is like another day with each other. So I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're extremely close. And for me to be able to be part of this journey and use my knowledge that I know to make her kind of dream come true as well is, is really kind of fun. And I get to learn so much along the way. And it's just like, a it's a, it's an amazing experience. So, but yeah, this is kind of who we are. I would advocate it though, because I came from a family that worked together in politics. And, but when my mom started Special Olympics, she was like, you know, we're all going to work in this. I'm like, well, I don't really want to work in that. And she's like, no, we are all working together. That's the deal here, you know? And I think ever since you were, I helped Patrick with his lemonade stands, you know, when he had a little electric cart, you know, and I brought his lemonade to his stand. And then when I was first lady, I ran a huge women's conference and he started a business selling wristbands with words on him. And he gave the money to Alzheimer's, to domestic violence shelters. And so we, he's been entrepreneurial since he was little and I think it's a really great thing to work with your kids. I think you see a different side of them. They are your greatest accomplishment, your greatest joy. You learn, it keeps you young. I learned so much when all of his friends are over. I'm doing a film with his sister. I've worked, you know, I think it just makes you young and you learn when you surround yourself with young people. And in my work also as a journalist, I will tell you that the women who are successful that I've met often will say, my dad pushed me into business. My dad pushed me into finance. And so I think parents have a huge role. It's always underestimated. I think, you know, the role that we have in transforming, raising up individuals, but young adults have a huge role in keeping their parents vital, curious, involved, 
and part of it, you know, very often we can, as we age, get put off to the side and it's a great way to stay young and stay involved. Well, it totally seems like you guys have an incredible partnership and certainly just from both of your backgrounds and, and Patrick within CPG, and you could tell Patrick, you're an entrepreneur and Maria, just in terms of, you know, your history with Alzheimer's and it just seems like it's a perfect kind of moment in time for you to really create something special. It is. It couldn't have happened any sooner than this. And that's the one thing I've learned. You know, we all try to rush things and this happened at exactly the moment that it should. I always say in God's time, you know, but uh, this couldn't have happened any sooner. I don't know. And yeah. it took in every decision making was just so. Has he seen, have you seen it? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we could even like, oh, very uh, nice. I don't know if you could see it in the, the packaging, bar. but this yeah. is the bar. I could send you a folder of, we had our office <laughs> of the walls covered in different packaging. And this is another example of, we went through months of packaging designs, different wording, different names, different taglines, any, everything. And when we finally kind of thought we were getting there, we did the same thing that we did with the bar where we finally said, no, you know what, we need to go back. And then we decided, let's go back to our mission what was our mission? And these colors, we actually took a brain scan and we took the colors from a brain scan and scattered that across our a woman's brain scan is on these packaging. On this packaging. <laughs> and, Amazing. and it all stems from purple on the side, which is the color for Alzheimer's, which we have. And then it kind of goes across and it's almost like a gradation of the different colors. And when we kind of decided to let's try to put that on the packaging and then we did a customer survey and we sent it out and we showed people and they really liked it. And then afterwards we said, this is from a brain scan. And then they, the replies all came in like, Oh my God, that's so genius. That's, that's so symbolic and everything. And then that's when we decided, okay, we're going with that design. So again, it's just to say that I know every little detail of how we wanted the wording and the coloring and everything took so long, but I don't think it could have happened any faster and it was meant to be that it took this long. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on how success happens. I have no doubt where this business is, is headed. And just from the partnership to category, which is exploding to such a need for this, as you talked about these 70 year olds in the doctor's room with losing their memory, it just seems like such an opportune moment for this business to really thrive. So I wish you both the best of luck. Thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate it. Good luck with your mom and your daughters. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to How Success Happens wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning and you don't want to miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs. If you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at entrepreneur.com or on Twitter at Robert Tuckman. that's R-O-B-E-R-T-T-U-C-H-M-A-N, or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How Success Happens is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business, or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. 
It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.